40th episode, is 40 is a big number? I don't know, it feels like a big number. Every one of these episodes takes a while to make, so 40 seems like a big number to me. Um, welcome to the 40th episode of the podcast. Uh, my name is Benjamin Hammersley. I don't know what your name is, but if you'd like to tell me, uh, just send me an email or something. Uh, preferably if you want to tell me more than that, that'd be really nice. Some feedback maybe. Always like the feedback. Anyway, so today I wanted to talk about the week I've had so far because this week I've been applying for a job and it included uh, getting this big application together with different parts of it. You know, there was a cover letter, there was a resume, there was uh, work samples and there's also people working outside right now. So good on them. Hopefully they don't get too loud. Um... And I, I was having a really hard time uh, sort of halfway through preparing this application, realizing that I was really stressing out and that I've never, ever felt comfortable applying for a job. Well, I spent almost 20 hours in total putting the application together. And in retrospect, that was way too much time. I think a good four of those hours just went into the cover letter, preparing the cover letter. That's the letter where you introduce yourself to the employer and let them know what you can contribute to their company and why they should hire you. Um, I don't think there's, I don't think it's a coincidence that I spent so long on that because it's the first thing they read and like all the pressure's on to make a good impression. So I was overworking every element because I was so afraid of the application being unsuccessful. And yeah, that's why it took 20 hours. And really, you know, deep down, I think all of us want this, but what I was feeling is I just want them to know that I'm already good and I don't want to have to put myself in a situation uh, where they're going to judge how good or not good I am and determine whether they want me for the job or not. So I really was like, that's why I was having such a hard time. Because when applying for a job or any other thing where you're putting yourself out there, uh, it, it's quite natural to see it, uh, if, if you're successful, it's quite natural to see it as uh, a success and like worthy of like, yeah, I'm awesome. Worthy of I'm awesome. Yeah, let's go with that. And if you aren't successful, then we put ourselves down and we consider ourselves unworthy of things like praise and admiration, all the, all the nice feelings. So I got to a point where I realized really I'm overworking this application and I even made a conscious decision to uh, stop going into so much detail on the application, on some of the questions that were answered as a part of it. And just really simplify things, give really direct, concise answers. 
But even then, I slipped back into this fear of, no, 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 I, I need to, this, these, this sentence is too simple, I need to make it sound better, I need it to sound more sophisticated and more professional. So I was like reworking things and reworking things, and I think that has come uh, through in the application. I think the person who's, <clears throat> excuse me, the person who's going to go over that application at the other end will sense some of that, and maybe that leads to me not getting the job and being rejected. Well, let's see. So things got really unpleasant for me, and I sort of consciously stepped back, and I reminded myself that I am already good enough, no matter what the outcome of my application is, I'm okay right now. And I reminded myself that I am not my failures and I'm not my successes. I've got this written down. I'm not, I reminded myself that I'm not my failures and I'm not my successes. I'm good enough whether I get accepted for this position or I don't. And that was really hard for me to do because obviously I really want the job. Otherwise, I wouldn't have put all this time into uh, applying for the position. But... I had to accept that no matter what the outcome, that I'm okay as I am. And I congratulated myself on even going through the steps of applying for the job in the first place, instead of being too afraid and be like, oh, no, 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 like they, definitely I'm going to get rejected. So I'm not even going to try. So already I came quite a few steps further than some of my previous job applications where I just bailed uh, at the very first moment. So if, if I get a rejection of this application and I think, wow, I'm really not worthy of this position. And in fact, I'm so unworthy that I'm going to make myself feel bad. Like that's often what we feel is just feel uh, de depressed, like lower than, less than, um, and just a little bit crap. And that is me feeling not good enough. That is me making myself not feel good enough based on my beliefs of what that rejection means to me. But if we carry out the logic of that, if we follow that through, that means because we're treating someone else's decision as 100% accurate and knowing everything about us. So if an employer, a recruitment agent, judge, teacher, anything, anyone that says pass or fail, accepted or rejected, access denied, access granted, whatever it is, they are saying that from their own point of view, their own interpretation of the information that we're presenting to them. But that information doesn't represent in totality who we are and the immutable value within us, immutable meaning, I don't know if that's condescending, me like uh, explaining some of these big words, um, I just feel like some listeners might not know what they mean, um, I really hope that doesn't sound condescending, maybe this is one, an issue that I have to sort out in my own brain, that I think it's condescending when it actually isn't, anyway, immutable means unchangeable uh, by anything, so can't change it at all. By treating their decision as 100% accurate and 
spot on and meaning that we are less than uh, we are or our skills, particularly for this job. You know, if we say I can do this, I can do that. I've got this experience. I've spent so many years in that position. And if they if they come back and say, sorry, we don't we don't uh, think you're a good fit for the position. I could come away and I have before feeling that uh, those things weren't good enough and I should have been better. I should have had more experience before applying for this job. When actually all that means is their interpretation of the information I gave to them, the information I supplied to them did not match up with my own view or my own perspective of the information I was sharing with them. So that's, that sounds pretty complicated. Um, basically when I present myself to an employer, I'm only presenting a tiny piece of myself in this application and the application I put together does not represent me as a whole complete diverse ever changing being. Uh, it just cannot ever, nothing can. So for me to take what they're saying as 100% truth and devaluing myself as a result of that just doesn't add up when we look at the actuality of what's going on. Because to put ourselves down for being rejected means, well, one interpretation of it could mean that, that the other person's views carry more weight or mean more or are more truthful than our own interpretations of ourselves not even interpretations i'm using that word way too much our own knowledge of ourselves if i don't get this job it doesn't mean that i'm completely worthless it means that their views of my abilities don't match up with my views of my abilities and my experience now it's quite easy for us to see say a teacher or some kind of authority figure their opinion as being uh, worth more than our own, uh, especially in these examples where I'm, you know, we're, we're putting ourselves out there, we're submitting some work for them to assess and either give us a pass or a fail or an accepted or rejected uh, answer. But the reality is we provide our own sense of value for ourselves and we know what's true for, for us. They only know what we've presented to them and market against the criteria that they're looking for that's specific to, say, in this case, the job I'm applying for. So by, so by, by agreeing that another person's acceptance or rejection of our work or our application, whatever it is, we're agreeing that they know more about what we can do than we do. Does that make sense? And so that that's clearly not true because we know more we we know more about ourselves than any other individual on this planet. So to accept that their decision overrides our sense of worth and our sense of well-being just doesn't add up. Not for me anyway. I hope I've explained that's quite a complex uh little um explanation there. I really hope that 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 came out and made sense. So, I mean, this, this this little story started with me applying for a job this week and feeling really stressed. And I wanted to know why 
why do why did I feel that if I was rejected from this position that I uh, that you know it was a reflection of who I was as a person and that my value as a person went down or went lower why did I feel that way as kids our parents without knowing it are building a really strong uh, bias towards achievement and it's positive bias towards achievement but on the flip side of that on the negative side it means by implication that if you're not achieving you are not receiving things like uh, praise and admiration and I see those as sources of acceptance and I see those I see sources of acceptance as uh, as love at the end of the day uh, and we all want to feel loved so it works if they, they if they give us praise it's like giving a dog a treat and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that people should be trained like dogs definitely not but if you give them a treat every time they sit they're going to want to sit every time you say sit but unfortunately for us if we are always given a treat or a pat in the form of praise admiration um uh, encouragement, whatever, every time we achieve something, then we know that achievement is what brings that. But if we're not praised for just being, just existing in the world, then we only know achievement as the way to get love. And if we only know that as the way to get love, that means when we're not achieving, we're not getting love. So if our parents are always giving us acceptance in the form of praise and admiration uh, for things we achieve, then by implication, if we mess something up or we get something wrong or we get rejected by you know, a teacher giving us a fail, um, yeah, right now. So the job I'm applying for, if I get rejected, there's this default in me that will think, I'm really not good because that happened my skills should have been at a higher level or I should have worded the cover letter differently. I should have spent more time on this area, but done, done this. That's fine to look at that as a self-improvement thing, but it goes further than that when we hold this, uh, this achievement bias because I actually put my worth lower than, I feel less than because of the outcome of being rejected by this uh, employer. And that, I'm saying, is a cause of our parents only praising us for achievements. Now, the way out of this is for parents to begin praising their kids, their tiny people, for just existing as they are. And I know that a lot of parents are like, well, if I just, if I just praise them, for just being there and not doing anything, then they'll be really, they'll get the idea that they don't have to do anything and they'll just sit around the house all day because they're so content and they're so uh, okay that they won't feel like doing anything. Well, maybe that praise for just them being themselves will let them know that they're amazing just as they are and open the door for them to go out and explore and go into new situations without a fear of messing up because the thought of them not being good enough or not meeting the criteria for acceptance 
and possibly stumbling into this really unpleasant state of rejection, those thoughts just don't exist for them at all because it's not a reality for them. They have been praised for their achievements and they've been, a pra- they've been praised for just being and doing nothing. Just the goodness of their existence has been praised. So it balances out this achievement bias and there's, there's uh, less thought given to, okay, so if I don't achieve, that means I'm not going to get praise and admiration. We need love to survive. There's been multiple uh, reports of babies who don't receive any uh, uh, physical affection no, and no physical touch. There's been reports of those babies dying within the first few weeks of life. That's how important it is for us to just receive affection, receive acknowledgement and, and positive input. So we're clearly going to do anything we can to get those things. And all I'm saying, all I'm proposing, all I'm recommending is that we look at balancing this achievement bias out by also praising our little people, the little people of the world, for just being themselves. And I'm not suggesting that we do this in every moment of every day. That's just not necessary. But when a child's like just playing quietly or whatever, then just to praise them for the normal things that they're doing gives them the message that they're okay as they are without having to do anything additional or have have to try and work or earn their love in the form of uh, praise and admiration. I love saying that phrase, in the form of praise and admiration. Um, Now, I'm sure, I'm also wondering, like, how do I go forward and apply this to my own life? Because I'm still struggling with the core negative belief that I'm not good enough and I need to be better. Now, I've come a long way and it's weakened and weakened and weakened, but there's always uh, some more work to be done, it seems. And I want to understand how I can apply or how I can balance out my own achievement bias with uh, with just being and feeling good existing as I am. And the way I did this, uh, this week when I was having a really hard time applying for this, this job is do what I did in this situation. And that was remind myself that no matter what happens, no matter what the outcome is of my application being accepted or rejected, that I'm good enough as I am. And if the employer decides not to hire me, that that is a reflection of their interpretation of what I've presented and everything they know about me and have interpreted about me, and that is personal to them, right? So they apply their own filters uh, depending on what the criteria of the job is. And also, you know, I could, in my application, some of my phraseology or my uh, work examples I've included, that could trigger some kind of subconscious belief for them and be either really positive or really negative and cause them to be like, oh my God, this guy is never, ever working here. It doesn't matter. If, if, if all that happens, if none of that happens, whatever the decision is, I know that it's gone through that process of someone else's filtering. And that filtering doesn't have anything to do with who I am, 
what is important to me, what I like, what I know I'm capable of, and what I'm still learning. So really, that's the message I want to leave everyone with today, is that we are good enough before, after, and during <laughs> uh, any, any type of rejection um, or achievement, you know. And, and on the flip side, achievement doesn't mean we are above others. Achievement just means that we have succeeded in a certain area and we're getting some praise for it. But again, if it's, if it's prioritized, if it's the only form of praise we're getting just for achievement, it, it leads us to believe that, that when we're not achieving, that we're not as good as we can be. Now, of course, that doesn't always have to be the, the belief that people come away with or the experience that people come away with. That is my default uh, experience because I do carry the core belief that I am not good enough as I am. And really, that's what this episode's all about, is balancing that equation out and reminding myself that no matter what I do or don't do, I am good enough just as I am. So that is, that's all for this week. That was episode 40 of the podcast. It's interesting how the reminders in this episode I've known before, but I have to keep reminding myself of them in new situations. And it's like I forget them sometimes, even though I know these things are true. It's like I forget them and then I go into this troubling place and I'm like, oh, what? what is it again? No, I'm good enough as I am. And then the more I do it, the more I actually take that on board and, uh, and, and that becomes my reality. That's, that's, that's a new belief I'm forming, which is taking priority over the old ones. So I'm I'm actually in the process of comp- compiling a a guide called the Pocket Guide of Gentle Reminders, which includes twelve of the most powerful reminders I've discovered to remind myself that I am okay as I am, or remind myself that um, you know of the actual causes of anxiety. These reminders have been curated to provide relief from these troubling moments of life. And there's a few main areas of life that they tackle, like, you know, how to stop thinking, um, coming out of overwhelm, if there's too much going on around you, some of the reminders will help you with that. And also just feeling good enough as you are. I mean, that's that's the biggest one I've, I've been struggling with. So there's a lot of reminders in there about that. If you're interested in uh, picking a copy of that up, I haven't released it yet, but if you want that, you can put your email address uh, at the bottom of this podcast post. There's a little uh, box where you can subscribe to receive the Sunday morning podcast every Sunday morning straight to your inbox when they're released. And as a part of that, you'll get the the pocket guide for free. Um, it's It's been a long time coming. I first announced it last year, still working on it, getting a lot of feedback and refining the reminders so I can make sure it's as helpful as possible to people and not just uh, a bunch of reminders that I understand that no one else can get benefit from. So really, yeah, so that's still in the process. But if you want that, as soon as it launches, 
put your email address in that box and you'll be sure to get it. Plus, you'll receive all the new episodes as well. If you have any uh, requests for people I should interview or feedback on the episodes, maybe I've made a statement that's been kind of troubling or raised more questions than answers answered, send it through to me via the contact page at beesforbeing.com slash contact. And yeah, I, I, I just, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm slightly biased, but I think you should sign up to receive the, uh, the podcast via email because there are two episodes coming up. One is about navigating specific aspects of self-love, the, the really troubling, confusing aspects of doubt and fear that come up while we're trying to love ourselves. And the other one is all about anxiety. And they're from two uh, really important guests. I, I was really excited to interview them. The interviews went great and the episodes will be awesome. So if you want to know when they hit the streets, I don't know what to say, um, put, sign up and, and you'll get all the things, um, including those. And if you don't, just check back on the website every once in a while and you'll see them as well. So no pressure either way. All right, that's about it. I wish you an excellent rest of your Sunday or whatever day you're listening to this on. Enjoy it. I'm going to... What am I going to do? I'm going to go and do things. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I'll I'll just leave it at that. Um, Yeah.